edition of Brother Reg. My name is Reg and I am your host today and joined with our co-host. I'm Hiram. Hiram the man Allen. I'm glad to have Hiram on. Hiram's my oldest son, 15. He's got more muscles than I ever dreamed of, more hair than I ever dreamed of, and is the student body president for one more week of the junior high. How are you feeling, Hiram? Pretty good. Good. Well, today, um, today we're going to do a follow-up to our last visit about feedback and talk about giving negative feedback and constructive negative feedback. And you'll notice that a lot of these, a lot of these steps um, have kind of the same root of why we hold back on some of these things. We especially, if we ever have fear on giving positive feedback, it's multiplied whenever it comes to giving negative feedback. A lot of times people worry about retribution or people treating them poorly or a poor working dynamic or relationship dynamic as a result of giving feedback in this way. So I want to walk through what, what I found to be most effective in some clear steps. This is backed by um, not only a number of books that I've read, but also some Harvard materials. And then just my own personal spin on a few of these things to combine the best practices. So um, some of these steps will be the same and notice the key differences and I'll walk you through it here. But the very first step in providing negative or constructive feedback in this way is to be direct to the person. And if at all possible, you want to have this to be in a one-on-one environment. Um, it, it helps increase the likelihood of a good dynamic. You, you wanna start with the goal and purpose that you have in giving the feedback. For instance, if you're visiting with a coworker, uh, if you had a coworker that's had some behavior that's been adversely affecting the, the culture or the dynamic, you want to be able to start with what the goal and purpose is and state that out loud. It could be that you're looking to have, you're, you want to share some feedback to be able to better the work environment for everyone, or you're looking to accomplish blank goal, right? So be direct to the person and start with the goal and the purpose in mind. This next step, the third step is, seems almost counterintuitive, and it's to state your fear in giving the feedback. So this seems counterintuitive because sometimes in giving this, we feel like we want to come across so professional or so polished, or we want to come across as if we're these robots giving feedback. That's actually been shown to have a negative impact on the way that you provide this feedback. And so being able to start with what your legitimate fear is actually helps humanize this interaction versus having a a distant relationship in this process. So for instance, um, growing up, I had a number of words that I would always say incorrectly and basically nobody ever said anything about it. I know that, um, I remember Sarah and I, when we were dating in high school, I remember that there was a time where I said, um, I told her, we were talking about our favorite roller coasters at Disneyland. And, um, and I said, my favorite roller coaster is Space Mountain. And she's like, what? And I, I, I knew she heard what I said, but she had this half smile on her face. And I'm like, what? She's like, did you say roller coaster? And I, I had no idea what she was even getting at. I'm like, yeah, 
She's like, do you mean roller coaster? And I felt this goofy feeling where I, at first I wanted to defend the fact that it's called a rolly coaster because it rolls. But, um, I came to find out that rolly coaster is not a word. <laughs> so anyways, there was these times, there was enough of those types of words that I ended up telling Sarah Lynn, please just, if you ever hear me say a word, that's not a real word. Can you please tell me? And there's been a few really awkward times in our, our marriage where she's um, helped me realize that the word wasn't right. Most of you know that I sold real estate for a, a number of years in Arizona. And uh, I remember one time Sarah Lynn was with me and we were showing a home. And you have can lighting in homes and it's kind of a nice feature. And I remember Sarah Lynn was there and a client was there and we were walking around. I said, Look, look at this incredible incest lighting that they have all over here. And I meant encased lighting or inset lighting, but I said incest lighting. And I said it with a straight face and Sarah Lynn looks at me. She's like, I, I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> um, turns out that it's not incest lighting. Anyways, um, but sometimes um, I feel a little bit defensive about this, not necessarily towards Sarah Lynn, but um, occasionally I feel defensive about negative feedback, as all of us do. We were walking into a grocery store a couple of years ago, and I can't remember what word I said, but Sarah Lynn said, hey, I, I wanted to share some feedback with you, but I d I'm worried that if I tell you that you might, that you might be upset with me. And and what do you think my first response is? You know, when she starts off with that fear, what's my first response? Yeah, of course. It's like, well, if you think I'm going to be mad, don't tell me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, when she starts up that way, it makes me want to rescue her in that way. And so, of course, I said, honey, no, please, please tell me. I, I won't get mad. And, um, and then she went through and, and shared with me an, an observation, a fact of what I was saying that was wrong. And that preface by stating her real legitimate fear helped humanize her and help me rescue her. And so even in a situation where I needed to give negative or constructive feedback to a superior at work, I still want to make sure that I'm being direct to the person, starting with the goal and purpose of why I'm giving the feedback and stating my legitimate fear. I might very well say, I'm concerned that if I were to share this feedback with you, that it might um, create a, a difficult work relationship where you might not promote me in my next opportunity, or I might not get a raise, or I'm worried that you might be mad and, and upset with me, you know, and to be able to share that legitimate fear before anything else is shared, it allows people to come back into a less defensive mode and want to rescue you and make it more humanized. And I also feel that sometimes you have to start with positive feedback if you're going to give negative feedback because it makes them feel more welcome and that you're already friends before you try to give negative feedback. And you can say like, you're doing so great at this. Worried to tell you this part because I'm scared of what might happen. Yeah. On that side, Hiram, I think starting with the goal, you might be able to incorporate some positive messaging into the goal. There's a, there's a feedback method. And what you're mentioning is a lot like a feedback sandwich, right? Where you start with good, then you state something that's negative, and then you finish with something good. And um, I've been referring to that as the crap sandwich method. 
where it's like you take you take good, you put crap in the middle, and then you put good, and you mush it together, and it's called the crap sandwich. One of the, one of the tough things about the crap sandwich feedback is that when whenever someone gives that kind of feedback, like if I came to you and said, "Hey, Hiram, first of all, I think that you have really great hair." And you did a miserable job at your room this morning, but I still love you. What is it that you remember? I did a horrible job. Right. So, so sometimes when we do, when we do that sandwich of, of feedback, people know what's happening and they only focus on, on that negative side. And then they know the rest is fluff just to deliver the harsh message. So I think... I think to your point, if we, if we're positive in the way that we're starting the goal, Hiram, you and I have always had a great working relationship, right? I can state something positive as a part of stating the goal and purpose while moving into this, but we want to be cautious of not giving fluff and then giving something real because nobody remembers anything other than, than the harsh. Does that make sense? Um, so, so we state, we state the legitimate fear and then we move into the step that we talked about with positive feedback the last time we did this, uh, this podcast about feedback, which is state the behavior observed. So you want to avoid generalizations here. You want to state exactly what it is that you saw take place. For instance, if, um, let's say that Hiram didn't clean his room, which of course, wouldn't happen, right, Hiram? Except when it does. Yeah, except when it does. So if, if I were to start with Hiram, I could, I could pull Hiram aside and say, hey, Hiram, um, I want to visit with you a little bit about, I want to give you some feedback. And my real goal in giving this feedback is to work with each other to have a cleaner home that feels better for all of us. And, and truthfully, Hiram, I, I worry that in giving you this feedback, I wouldn't want you to feel like... Um, I would worry that you would feel like I was not grateful for all the hard work you do or that you might be upset with me and, and, uh, and maybe not, you know, maybe have a bad attitude in the home, which would be a horrible scenario for me. And then I can start on and say, stating the behavior, Hiram, I've noticed that your, your bed isn't made this morning and that you have clothes on the floor. So notice, notice that um, in this, I'm stating the exact behavior. The behavior is facts. They're, they're, it's an absolute fact that your bed's not made, and it's an absolute fact that there's clothes on the floor. I don't know why that is, so I want to avoid generalizations here, but I can state the, the absolute facts because they're not debatable. So Again, after I state my legitimate fear, I move into stating the behavior observed that are facts. And then I state the impact that I saw the behavior have. So sometimes when people give negative feedback, they'll say, Hiram, your room's messy because you're lazy and you don't care. Now, do I know for a fact that you're lazy or don't care? No, I don't know that. Those aren't facts. Those are my assumptions that are totally debatable and opening up an argument. But it's an absolute fact that your bed's not made and you've got clothes on the floor. So once I state the behavior, I state the impact that I saw the behavior have. So in this case, I might say, Hiram, I noticed that your bed wasn't made this morning and you have clothes on the floor. 
whenever I've seen that, it kind of gives me the impression that that uh, the house isn't nearly as clean as it could be, and that it it might show indicators of messiness in general, right? So notice that I'm only stating what I saw the behavior have. This very next part is a crucial part, which is after I state the behavior, I state the impact that I saw the behavior have, I want to seek additional information and perspective from the individual who I give feedback to. So I might say, again, after I state the behavior, hire my notice that your bed isn't made and there's clothes on the floor. And when I see that, I feel a sense of uh, discomfort and knowing that our home isn't as clean as it could be. And, and that concerns me. And then in seeking additional information perspective, I can say, Iram, can you help me better understand from your perspective what you understand of this? So I, I want to legitimately seek additional information and perspective. That way Hiram can give a chance to know that we're talking about the facts. He knows how I've perceived them, but I'm not placing judgment on Hiram because I don't know what's going on in his mind yet. And I don't know the reason behind the behavior. This is his chance to be able to express it. And it's my chance to listen, not to listen to bait him, but to actually listen with my heart. I remember one time I had a student who was falling asleep regularly in class. And, you know, when you're, when you're teaching and you're looking down there and you get someone falling asleep, it's hard not to deem that as something negative about you. And so I remember I pulled the student aside and I said, I wanted to let you know, um, my goal is to have a great class here. And I, I hesitate in giving you this feedback because I wouldn't want you to feel like I wasn't supportive of you. And I worry that if I share some feedback with you, that you might think that I'm, I'm being rude to you, which I wouldn't want. I've noticed that you've been falling asleep in class. And when, I, when I've seen you fall asleep in class, it's kind of had an impact on, on me and wondering if I'm not providing value for the class. And I wondered if you could help me better understand from your perspective about you falling asleep. And the student, student went on to talk about their financial circumstance and the fact that they were cleaning the school at four o'clock in the morning, getting three or four hours of sleep and having a difficult time even being able to function in a normal day just to be able to provide for themselves and their family through school. Now, with my intention, which is to have a good, work pl- a, a good school environment in that case, if I listen with my heart and I understand, then we can move into the last stage, which is working together for solutions. Not me telling someone the solution, but working together. And in this particular case, how do you think that influenced me on the way I perceived the student in understanding more of the background of why that was happening? You just felt better about it and understood what was happening. Right. Like I felt, I felt a sense of understanding. I felt like I better understood the whole situation and what ended up turning up happening is, is he, he said, you know, I'd, I think it might be best if I feel like I'm falling asleep, if I go stand up over on the side of the wall so that I don't fall asleep and, and can still stay awake, would that be okay? And I said, that would be great. And so in this case, by, by seeking to listen and understand, we can then work together 
towards accomplishing the true goal, which is a shared goal. I want to note that, um, um, and, and then the last step, of course, is to thank the individual. But I want to, I want to stress the fact that before giving negative or constructive feedback, it's crucial that you know what your intentions are. If your intentions are for the good of the other person or an organization or a group of people, then that's an appropriate time to give that feedback. But if your intentions are, this is, you know, I'm really upset right now. I'm going to let them have it. Um, that's the worst possible time to give feedback. And there's no sense in giving the feedback in that moment. So I want to, I want to be clear that in giving negative or constructive feedback in this way, our intentions need to be right. And if our intentions aren't right, we need to get our intentions right before we begin this process. So again, I'll just recap the end here. The steps, one, that we start off stating what it is, is the goal and the purpose of giving feedback. Two, making sure that we express what our legitimate fear is in giving the feedback. We then give, we state the specific behaviors observed that are concrete facts. We state the impact that we saw that behavior have on us. And then we seek additional information and understanding by asking questions and listening. And then the last step to be able to then work with the individual to come up with solutions to help accomplish the goals. Um, sometimes people do really well at all the steps. And at the very end, they look at you and say, so don't, so don't mess up your room anymore. It's like, well, that's not working with someone. When someone's working towards a solution with you, they're more likely to accept that feedback and have it be for their good because they're part of the solution versus a superior relationship where you say, yeah, I saw that you fell asleep. Don't do it again. Well, that's not helpful. And there's no ownership in that. So I hope, I hope in this, uh, I hope this episode is of help to you. Um, I found that these, these principles are very effective and, uh, have blessed my life and I hope they bless your life. I want to share my love for you. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out anytime. Much love. Have a great week. Yeah.